When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Taking you behind the curtain, it's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Take Me Out, which is the Tony Award-winning show written by Richard Greenberg, has come back to the Helen Hayes Theater. I don't know if it was there. I forget where I first saw it. But it's at the Helen Hayes Now on West 44th Street. And among the stars is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. And I have to tell you, I saw the show the other day, and I had seen it years ago. And this show, which centers around a baseball star, a mixed-race superstar who comes out as gay and is suddenly dealing with things he never thought he'd have to deal with because he's playing baseball and he's great at it about homophobia, racial prejudice. This show is as relevant now as it was when I saw it. I I forget, I think it was 2002. And it was a huge hit everywhere, and now a big hit back on Broadway. And Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who you know from all his Broadway work and from Modern Family, where he reigned for 11 years, he has a wonderful pivotal role in this. He plays the financial manager who is also gay to this big baseball team. And this show took some time, like a lot of major Broadway scheduled openings, the pandemic came up and they had to wait. And in your case, Jesse, It was, what, two years? A lot happened to you in that two-year period. That's that's right. Yeah, two years. We were supposed to premiere this in 2020. uh, And we were in our second week of rehearsal when um, everything shut down. So we had had started on the work, but we hadn't gotten to the point of actually getting onto the stage yet. Um, But at that time, I was, you know, expecting to be a, a father for the first time. My son was going to be born in July. And so, you know, I was able to uh, focus on that. And now I have a toddler and here I am doing, (laughs) doing Take Me Out on Broadway and, you know, with a little less energy than I would have back in 2020 because now I'm a dad and running around after a toddler. Certainly no sleep. I mean, that takes a really long time, but an exciting time too. And such a different experience, even though you've done a lot of Broadway from being in a major comedy or big TV show, Modern Family, for 11 years. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's a great luxury and something that doesn't happen a lot to actors that we actually get steady work for a long time. And it felt like I had like a, you know, a real job. Like my, my mom was a nurse and my dad was a microbiologist. And I was like, oh, I'm just like my parents. You know, I got to work every day. I do the same thing and <laughs> it's great. And then... uh then, you know, the reality of what it actually is to be an actor came with uh, with that show ending. And 
of course, then everything shut down for two years. So at least I, you know, didn't have any sort of fear of missing out on anything. We were all sort of in the same boat. But I'm so happy to be doing what I love doing again. Um, I, I love being an actor, and I certainly love theater. I mean, it's my first love. It's, as you as you said, Joan. I mean, that's how I started my career. And um, you know, TV was this sort of happy accident that happened to me, and I was thrilled that I got to do something so meaningful and uh, resonant for so long. But I can't tell you how exciting it is for me to be back on a New York stage with this play particularly. And it's a play that I also saw um, back in uh, 2002 when it first premiered at the Public Theater. And then I saw it again when it transferred to Broadway. And it's deeply meaningful to me. Um, And one of the reasons I I saw it three times, and one of the reasons I saw it three times was because of the performance that Dennis O'Hare gave in the role of Mason Marzak, I just thought it was revolutionary. And uh, I, I had never seen acting like that on stage before and with such beautiful language. I just love the play itself as well. And I thought it was beautifully directed. And so I, it was a play that really um, struck a chord with me. And I'm not a baseball fan. So it, it was, you know, that, it kind of took me by surprise. Um, but, you know, your character, to... your character, yes. who is not obviously, he's the money manager. He's not a baseball guy. And all of a sudden, we grow with him and his obsession with baseball. And I'm telling you, Jesse, I'm not going to look at baseball the same way. For some reason, this version of the show, I don't know why it affected me so much, but it did. Mm -hmm. And I did see it the first time, maybe two times at downtown and then when it came to Broadway. But there was something about this that resonates with almost all of yeah. us. And it, it's very, well, we're all very a special. Time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're in a different okay. time 20 years later. And, you know, it's a play that when Richard Greenberg wrote it, he thought it was, it needed to go on stage quickly because it was only a matter of time before a major league baseball player um, would, would come out of the closet. And here we are 20 years later, and that hasn't happened. And there are these, you know, lines in the play about democracy and you know, baseball is better than democracy because unlike democracy, baseball acknowledges loss. And here we are, you know, mm-hmm. on the heels of a, a president who refused to leave office. It's like there are lines in the play that people assume we wrote for the times we're in now. And, and didn't. they're not. They're not written for today. They're, they're words that were written 20 years ago. And it does resonate in a much different way. And, you know, I think time away from any piece of art makes you reflect on it. I mean, I, I realized I had been reflecting on this play for 20 years. So when I read it again, I looked at it with different eyes. And that's a great thing about, you know, being able to revisit great work. You know what else I, because I've been trying to see as much as I can see, because none of us could do anything for all those years. The mm-hmm. audience is different. The audience, and mm-hmm. it's only from seeing three or four shows so far, the audience is so eager to embrace this experience, your yeah. show and yeah. other shows. It's like they're so grateful to be there. The house gets so yeah. quiet. The anticipation is so large. And you know, at the end of the show, especially if you see it on a matinee day, they get up, they want to make their buses, trains, whatever. No one got <laughs> up. They were like, I just yeah. have to absorb this another minute. And yeah. It's special. Right. 
And especially with yeah. you guys waiting <laughs> two years, none of us knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. We all thought maybe a few yeah. weeks, the most. Right. Right. Well, I think it's one of those things that, you know, when something's taken away from you, you realize that you've taken it for granted. And, you know, it's, it's the fact that we get to come back and we get to celebrate live theater together again under different circumstances. You know, everyone's masked and, you know, we're having to show vaccination records before getting to the theater. But right. I, we're I, all, like I think the audiences that are showing up, that are leaving their house and coming in, are so grateful to be there. And we definitely feel that. No, without question. And you guys waited, uh, waited a long time for this and got this wonderful part. I had no clue yeah. that you were. I remember you wrote a cookbook called, what was it? <laughs> between, it was Food Between Friends. Was that the right. name of the cookbook? That's right. That you yes. did a while ago. I never yes. knew you were such a foodie. Was that from growing up? Well, Where did all this come from? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, my, my mom, you know, would cook for me, but she, uh, you know, this, she was a working mother who, you know, made meals for her, her family as, as many working parents do. Um, it was after I moved to Los Angeles and with, you know, that move, I was able to inherit a little bit more space. You get more, you get more, uh, real estate for your money in Los Angeles. And I had a larger kitchen. You know, I, I, and my kitchens in New York were always the size of a postage right. stamp. All of so us. I just, I never really, you know, I never, yeah, exactly. I never, I never cooked in New York. And so once I was in LA, I, I, it's a hobby I started. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to actually go to culinary school, but, uh, you know, modern family, the schedule of modern family didn't allow for that. So uh, it's something that I sort of taught myself how to do. And I'm a cookbook collector. And, um, I, one of my very close friends went to culinary school and would cook with me and sort of teach me certain, you know, techniques that she learned. And we just started developing recipes together. And that's what the cookbook ended up stemming from. Uh, but it was also a project that uh, we got to finish in the pandemic, which was a nice thing to, uh, to focus on. Uh, you, know, able, you know, we weren't able to necessarily gather in person to finish working on the cookbook. We did a lot of things over Zoom and you know, of our phone calls and text messages, but uh, it was a nice project to sort of focus on and, uh, you know, pour my creative energy into. Uh, I'm really proud of it. It's a, it's a really great book, if you ask me. <laughs> no, I, I think it's fantastic. And is your husband a foodie too, like you? Yes, he's a foodie, but he does not cook. He's an so eater. I, I'm, I'm, he doesn't, he's an eater, Joan. He doesn't even do the dishes. No. Well, he's smart. <laughs> His mother probably told him, if you start doing them, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I know my it. mom. Well, he never started, so. Never. Right. My mom used to tell me that about ironing. She said, you know, I could teach you to iron. The problem is once you start, you're stuck. Yeah. You're going to be ironing forever. Smart advice. And that's, that's like food. Is he an actor? No, no. He's actually a producer. Um. Well, he's a, he's a lawyer, and then he uh, he works with with a lot of nonprofits. He worked on the Proposition Marriage Equality case. Uh, oh, he's so. done so many wonderful things. Um, but recently, he he's actually won two Tony Awards in the past few years for okay. uh, as being a producer of the Oklahoma revival, and then also the Inheritance. And this past season, um, he helped bring uh, Dana H. and Is This a Room to Broadway, which I'm so proud of. Um, I those are two plays that I. I greatly admired and um 
you know, really push the boundaries of what theater can be. So uh, he's, and actually we're, um, uh, we uh, are producing a documentary about Broadway's return after COVID right now. So that's something that we're in the final stages of editing. Um, so hopefully that will be something that we can all see soon. So, you know, he's got his hand in a lot of pots. That's, that's a great idea. And did I read that even when you were eight years old, you knew you wanted to be in theater and got involved with a kids group or was that? Yeah, I, I, mean, I can't remember a time when, I, I remember seeing uh, a, a play and, and my mom took me to go see a children's theater production of Alice in Wonderland or something. And I remember sitting in the audience thinking, oh, I want to be on stage. I don't want to be watching this. I want to be on stage. And I told my mom that. And I was a very quiet kid. I was an introvert. I was an indoor kid. You know, I, I didn't have a, I was shy. So my mom was shocked that this was something that I wanted to do. And I think she, you know, was encouraged that I wanted to do it. And so I joined the Albuquerque, Albuquerque Children's Theater and, uh, you know, uh, did plays with them for, you know, five or six years. And it was you know, it was my, it was my favorite thing to do. It was, you know, I, I, I didn't have a theater program in the school I went to. So it was just fun extracurricular thing that I got to do. And it's where I felt like my people were, you know, I, uh, I, I just loved being around other artists, even at that age. Yeah. Well, and it, it's a gift. And then you really, including food, never looked back mm -hmm. and you've worked. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do? No, I'm trying very, to remember because right, lots of Broadway. But what? How did the television thing come? That was an incredible well, run. Yeah. Thank you. Um, when I was doing um, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee on Broadway, uh, the uh, writers David Crane and Jeffrey Cleric, uh, who were famous for you know working on Mad About You and Friends came to see Spelling Bee and they were casting a sitcom called The Class. And uh, I got a role on that TV show. So that's what actually brought me to Los Angeles. And it was a cast, it was a great cast actually. Um, Heather Goldenhirsch was in it and Julie Halston and Sam Harris and mm -hmm. Lizzie Kaplan and Jason Ritter. I was directed by James Burroughs who directed all of Cheers and you know, Frasier and uh, you know, MASH. You know, he's an icon in, in the TV industry. And that show, unfortunately, only lasted one season, but that sort of made my mark in the, the TV landscape. And a few years later, they were casting Modern Family, and uh, then I, I, I got that job. So, you know, I, I, I was sort of swept away uh, to uh, Los Angeles unexpectedly. It was, I, I always thought that I would be coming back to New York sooner than later, and now I've actually probably lived in Los Angeles longer than I've lived in New York, which is shocking to me. Uh, well, uh, yeah, L.A., everyone complains, but it's a way of life that sort of becomes irresistible for a lot of people. Now, are yeah. is, yeah. what you do about New York, you're he all here now? Yes, yes, I have my family with me here. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we, we love coming to New York. And this is the first time that I've gotten to come to New York and work on a play since being a dad, so I'm figuring out, you know, how to manage my time with that. And uh, but we have a I have, I have a place here in New York that I you know come back to a lot. So it's it's nice. I, I truly get to live uh, the bi coastal lifestyle, which is something I'm very grateful for. 
Right. And have you changed your feelings about baseball now that you have sort of an insider's <laughs> view? It's so funny, Joan, because I we, we got a private tour of Yankee Stadium last week. Um, and I was I was happy to go. Um, it was, you know, something I was like, well, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. But then I got there and I, we got to run around on the field, you know, with these with the empty stands. And there's a part in the play where Mason says, you know, uh, I, I had for several minutes, I had an entire stadium entirely to myself. And that was thrilling. And that's how I felt. I felt thrilled by it. And I, I, I made me want to see a baseball game. And it made me, you know, I, I definitely have a deeper respect and understanding um, for the people who are baseball fanatics. Um, I, you know, had to sort of immerse myself in this world and I'm with all these guys who love baseball and it's, I'm sort of having the same trajectory as my character Mason does in the play. I'm slowly falling in love with it in a really profound way. Right. And, and for people, I mean, my family, my husband, a fanatic, baseball and football, ay, 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 mm. you know, it was too, <laughs> too much. But I never got, I said, it's a team. You know, I can understand if we were all players, but fans are incredible and for many people this is life-changing and even and in your show how i feel but yeah go ahead i was gonna say i think about you know that we're just talking about how great the audiences are on broadway and i you know i can associate it with that like you know the people who love theater love it so deeply and it means so much to them and so I use that I, when I'm thinking about baseball, I sometimes replace my feeling of theater with baseball and that, that gives me that joy. And that's why I can go to those emotional places on stage because I understand what it is, what it feels like to be so emotionally connected to something um, because I, that's how I feel about theater. And you know, um, the star player whom you're the financial manager for during mm-hmm. the intermission when I got up, I love to hear what people are saying, and they were all saying, well, I think that Darren is Derek Jeter. And that was like oh, yeah. <laughs> the ladies on the ladies' room line. That's what they were talking about. <laughs> you know, trying to guess who he was. Yeah. And there right. we go. Yeah. Yeah, we well, so, certainly modeled off of a Derek Jeter type of presence in baseball for sure. Yeah, well, and, and the obsession that fans have, yeah. all of it. it, it yeah. This this is quite an amazing play. And you lucked out. You're the only star who doesn't have to walk nude on the stage. So you can eat away <laughs> during this. <laughs> yes, I, I eat lots of pizza and cupcakes in front of my cast members, and they hate me for it. So, and you are the cooker. Do you have the chance to bring them your homemade things? And I'm, I'm, I probably, they keep asking me to bring them in something to eat, and I, I haven't had time yet, but I, I will do that for them, yes. Well, I wish you the longest run. It's a wonderful Broadway <laughs> experience. Take me out. It's at the Helen Hayes Theater. And, boy, when I saw it, it was packed. It was a sold-out house, yes. which is very exciting. And Broadway is the heart yes. of New York, so take advantage. It will make you feel so good. And we all need to feel good. 
I thank you. That's I right. wish you congratulations. Enjoy your family. All the best. Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Thank you, John. Anytime, thank Jesse. You. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.